Welcome back to The Right Angle. We have got a special, no, no, he's not a special guest. He's a regular. He is one of the pillars of strength and uh, goodness. And CC is back, so I'll give him the first crack at what's been going on in your world. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad everybody's been doing well. Before I forget, this will be breaking news to everybody. Um, I'm actually going to be going on a special mission for the next five weeks. Ooh. And I will be undercover and incommunicado. All right. So the next time you'll hear from me will be the whatever the week of December 12th ends up being. So something like that. So I wanted to let that out before I forgot. All right. But you obviously can't divulge the nature of your no, secret mission. That's, oh, that's all correct. No nature, no location, no... Uh, all I can do is give the time frame because that's general enough that uh, won't hurt anybody. Got it. All right, well... But it's all good. It's all it's all for the cause of good. I can say that. It's uh, Excellent. It's only positive things and uh, everybody is is healthy and all is well and just uh, sharpening the spear a little bit to move forward at a even quicker pace than what we've been doing for these last few months. Nice. G-Man, what uh, sort of questions do you have in terms of what CeCe's been up to in the last few weeks? Well, I, I thought you uh, had quit the CIA, and I know now that they are asking you for <laughs> one more commitment and I'll be really curious to know what it is after your assignment is completed. <laughs> well, much like Meet the Fockers, you know, <laughs> these are things that we just don't talk about that much. So we will all have to, okay. uh, you know, we, we, we don't really like to talk about three-letter agencies to the normal world. Although I know here at the right angle, we all are one big happy family. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of our listeners are... Uh, they can, uh, you know, just dispense the information appropriately to those that it will benefit and not to the bad guys. Excellent. Wow, he did sound like <laughs> yeah. a politician. All right. I, he talked for two minutes and I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, that's excellent. That's great. So uh, when you return, will you be able to divulge any of what you did or not really? It depends. Okay. It depends on what happens wow. and the outcome. and Yes. If you get caught and all that stuff. <laughs> I understand. Uh, man, I've been there you're before. Just really trying to give away too much, aren't you? Okay, I, I won't. I won't say any more about those three-letter okay. agencies. Well, here's something. This is not really news, but it is breaking. I think Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. It was a very rainy, dreary morning when I was pulling into work about twenty to eight. And I was, I just got in the left turn lane and our light was red and I was, you know, paying attention to the light. And then I looked down, a car was turning left and there was a lady who had been crossing the street, I presume, laying almost underneath the left front tire. And she was like screaming at the lady in the car to back up or something. So she did. And the lady sort of struggled to her feet and 
people were like, what is going on here? And the lady driving the car was clearly panicked, didn't know whether to get out and help her or flee. <laughs> and so she eventually chose the ladder and just drove off. And, <laughs> and it wasn't funny, obviously, but nobody really did anything except watch. I think one person rolled down her window and was like yelling at the car as it left. But other than that, the lady got up and sort of hobbled, made it to the sidewalk. And then I think she was all right. But that was pretty weird. So what? Wow. Uh, so the question is, what would have you done if you were me? I'd have gotten a license plate. I'd have followed the car till I got the license plate. I probably would have followed the car to all see right. where they went. Got the license plate. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe there might have been a shootout. <laughs> They better shoot straight, you know. Yeah. Because I pack. Yeah. You have some gum in my one car. One in your car, so, one on your person, um, and the big one in the trunk. You've been peeking. No, I would have gotten the license plate for sure. I mean, my gosh, they ran over a well, person. So hold on just a second. So you're in the left turn lane. You have a red light. Yep. I was about Where? three cars back from the from the light. Oh, so you weren't right at the light. No, no. So so what you're saying is is you didn't see what happened because you looked down momentarily? Yeah. When it came into my perception, the lady was already laying on the ground and the and the tire was kind of half running over her. So I assume And the she, lady was where? She was she like was, directly in front of you, three cars ahead of you? Yeah. Or she was in a different lane somewhere else. No, she had she had been crossing the street in the direction that I was going and there was a left turn light on for the cars and the lady who presumably hit her did not see her because it was so dark and rainy and whatever and I this is all uh presumption but I imagine she hit her and sort of started to roll over her and then realized what was going on and stopped. And the lady yelled at her and got up and it was just like really surreal. It's the first she time I must've been going super slow. I mean, to not go over somebody, that's pretty bizarre. The fact of the matter is, is she ran over somebody, <laughs> whether the light was green or red. And if you run over somebody, usually you would think they would yeah. stop. Yeah. And, for sure. uh, and say, yeah, you, know, you could. Uh, I, are you okay? Yeah, I, I could see the. Uh, even though it was dark, I could sense the panic in the driver's psyche. She just totally didn't know what to do. But I think once she saw the lady get up and start to hobble, she figured she was going to get out of there, which is what she did. But nobody got out and pulled over to check on the lady and to see no, if she was okay. No, nobody did including myself, sadly, which is why I'm glad my name's Mo. <laughs> okay. Have you, have either of you ever been witness to a, uh, something like that and like took any proactive steps or not? Well, you know, I was in a restaurant in Los Angeles, California, I don't know that it was technically Los Angeles. It could have been, uh, where's that place that's near Sony Studios? What's the name of that place? Um, you remember? Culver City. Uh, Culver City. Uh, that's it. Culver is City. Is it? Wow. Yep. yep. Culver City. 
we were in a restaurant in Culver City, and we heard a noise and a bang, and there were four of us there, and one person who uh, is very um, trusts in a higher power uh, very intensely and has done a lot of spiritual healing, um, he went running outside, and there was an animal that had been hit, and he immediately started praying for that animal to be okay. And uh, so that's my closest witness to that, I believe. And was it okay? They were still tending to it after we left, but the uh, people who wanted to be there got there, and there was nothing more that he could do, so he came back in and we continued our lunch and conversation. Interesting. G-Man, um, any first-hand accounts? I have one that I didn't, I, I heard it because I was down at the bottom of a hill talking with somebody in a parking lot, and it was on a major thoroughfare, and I heard the big smash, and we said, wow, what was that? And all of a sudden, this car came down the hill with no power it was just like it was pushed and it came down this hill toward us and it went down past us the guy was slumped over the wheel and apparently must have I, he must have had a heart attack or something and caused the accident but he was dead as he was rolling by oh. us and that was um that was one of the few times that i thought wow that's really weird that that happened but I didn't see the accident. Um, I just saw him rolling past me dead at the wheel. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a... <laughs> what do you say to that? Gee whiz. So did you chase him down Holy and slow his car down so it didn't like go Oh, no, he, he was... <laughs> no, no, he stopped in a field and, and uh, the paramedics eventually came and, and took him out on the stretcher. Wow. In a bag. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, that was that was one of uh, one of a few that I've done. I could I could name a few more, but we have more interesting All right. things. To yeah, do. that's for sure. Hey, Cece, do you have any idea what our high school alma mater's football team's record is this year? No, absolutely none. G man, tell them how many people are on the team. There's it, well, there was twenty two people, and then I just heard last week that three have been injured in some way or another. So there's 19 kids on the football team, which has no coach. What? Technically. Yeah, the, the coach quit. Because? And because their record as of the last week, I think, was they added up the points, and it was just shy of 450 points scored against and five for our alma mater. Five. Seven. Seven for our alma mater. Yeah. Yeah, seven. They scored one touchdown and have been outscored 450 or 60 points. I mean, they are destroyed in every game they play. Do kids not want to go out because they can't win a trophy anymore? Is that what it is? I missed a few episodes. Did we, did we ever confirm that information? If, that still bothers you, doesn't very it? Very much so. I want to know what happened to mine. Well, you you did, G-Man, you did have some more info. Weren't they just taking all anything with the chief on it and 
Yes, it's all gone. But not all of them, just the ones that have a chief on them? Yeah, anything that says chieftain or has a chief head on it, anything that, you know, that talks about Indians is gone. I'm sorry, indigenous people is gone. It's, it's no longer anything that has to do with that person. So is, this, is it just this year that that's happened? Is this a recent phenomenon, or has it been like this as years as of late? Well, you, you know that um, I, you were here when we talked about the AD quitting, right? Was that because of nefarious reasons? No. No, not this one. <laughs> that was the. Other that one. was somebody else. That okay. was somebody else that's hired by our old alma mater. Yeah. Uh, this this guy quit because the board of education said he wasn't doing his job by making people be sure people are wearing masks in the stands and that the athletes are wearing masks when they're on the bench playing football. And he said he said to the board, "Didn't I tell you that?" No, I didn't hear it. The board just said, you aren't doing your job by doing that. And he said, what What do you want me to do? Go around and police every person? And they go, we want you to do a better job. He goes, well, I guess I'm not doing my job, so I'll just quit and I'll give you my two weeks notice. And they said, no, that's okay. You can leave now. That was That was on video for the Board of Education stuff that was going on. Wow. And and you just had late breaking news of someone else quitting, right? Yeah, and then the then this last week the high school principal quit. And this is the uh, I don't know third principal they've had. No, I'm sorry, it's the second principal they've had that is. Oh, anyway, I won't go into that part. But he's only, he was only there for two months, and he quit. Wow. G-Man, you got any sunnier news or cloudier <laughs> news or what's in your playbook this week? <laughs> well, I went in, just real quickly, I went into a uh, bookstore last week and, and I asked them if uh, they had that Trump book on how to deport illegal immigrants. <laughs> and the, the clerk said, get the <laughs> out of here and don't come back. I said, wait, I said, I said. Yeah, that's the one. Do you have it in paperback? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Cece's on a taped delay. I'm glad you weren't in my audience when oh, I was doing wow. that. That's, that well, is you a need, good one. You need all levels of laughter. You know, you need the yeah. first a rolling laughter and then you need it to yeah. last longer. So that's right. That's what uh, great yeah. comedians do and great audiences. Exactly. I saw when you're on YouTube and you say, you know, suggested playlists. And then, of course, they try to make you watch like six ones about how great vaccines are. And there was a video titled, Now That I Got Vaccinated, What Can I Do? Can you believe this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't well, I want think to. All watch these it. people are aren't they trying out for the Olympics because they have superpowers now that they have the vaccine? <laughs> yeah. Well, get this. Uh, I, I, okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a vaccine story. This is firsthand phone call, and then I actually saw the guy a little bit later. Two guys out in L.A. living in the same apartment. 
Um, one does have underlying conditions, so he's a little, uh, you know, I, why am I saying this? I'm just saying this to show that, you know, how people put their faith in different things, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have a choice what we're going to put our faith in. Some people put it in God. Some people put it in uh, Yahweh. Some people put it in uh, Muhammad. Some uh, Buddha. Some in just nothing. You know, they just think that whatever, right? And so, you know, to each his own. That's what this country is all about. We can do that. But these two uh, young men, they were both very proud that they got two shots. And then two months later, they both got quite ill. They stayed home for two weeks and then they got better. And then one, you know, he was very proud to say that he got the booster. And then the other guy, who's a little healthier overall than the other guy, he's he's been having stomach problems. Here you have two young men. Uh, one was some underlying conditions, but I mean, you know, yeah, he's healthy overall. He does stuff. He, he walks and, you know, he's fully working, functioning, all that stuff. So who's to say that he wouldn't have got the sick had he not gotten these vaccines? But, you know, they just, they, everybody just acts like this. it's the end all, the end all. And I just heard a guy on the radio today said, you know, the best thing that could happen is, you know, the 5 to 18 year olds, if everybody would get it, this thing would be all over with. Get meaning get the whatever you want to call it, not the vaccine, but mm-hmm. you, they get the other thing and then, you know, because 99.999% of them, nothing's going to happen to them that's serious. Whereas when people getting the vaccines, there's a lot more serious things happening to them than it would be otherwise. So it's just unbelievable. It continues to be a source of a big question mark in my thought, where two years ago today, if you would have, I bet if you would have asked 100 random people on the street, you know, or would you go out and or would you ever believe that they're going to mandate a vaccine for certain things in this country? And I bet you 90% of them would have said no. So that's my rant and rave for the week. Let, let, let me add a little fuel to the fire on that. I, I took this from a fraternity house I happen to be working in that is related to the college that we're near, which is extremely liberal. And they had these posted all around this was during the summer, so no kids were there. But these were posted everywhere in the fraternity. And it's just a little flyer. And it says, procedure for positive kung flu test. It doesn't say kung flu, but I say that. And then here's what it says. It says, immediately text the main guy of the fraternity. If you are at the house, grab what you need and head into an isolation room. Female, number 16. Male, number 29. The runes. I will help you get what you might need, but it's crucial that you get into the isolation room, ASAP, in large letters, to prevent any further spread. Activate your plan you made with us, which could be calling parents, getting a hotel room, or finding a friend to stay with. What do you want to do? Go spread it with your friends or people that are in the hotel? You have 24 hours from the test result to get off the property. There you have it. Oh, man, I usually edit out the silence, but silence can speak volume sometimes. And it's, you just, 
like CC said, it's just like we're living in a bad dream and every day we wake up and we know the right and a lot of people out there know the right, but the people that don't are just, they're just mired in it and they're just, they were, I mean, it is like walking around in Night of the Living Dead, just walking, watching people riding their bikes or crossing the street or doing whatever with their little three and four year olds masked up. And it's just unbelievably sad. A lot of fear going on out there. That's for sure. A lot of fear. And don't tell anybody it's just a flu virus. This is something that came from Mars. <laughs> We're being invaded by some yeah. alien life form. Well, and it's going to kill us all eventually. There was that article, I think it was today, some American Airlines flight. Some flight attendant supposedly had blood on her mask because some passenger got upset about something. And uh, they had to divert. They were going from, I oh, think, I New York to Orange County. And I think they uh, had to stop in Denver. I mean, I'm not condoning that or saying it's a good thing by any means, but it just, for something this silly, you can only imagine what must have been said to bring that person to that level to do that, unless the person is mentally unstable anyways, which has always happened in the airline business. So it could have been a one-off, but people are wound so tight and, you know, there's all these statistics of all the things that people are having to deal with and you know which they don't publish very often but there are people out there that get these numbers out and it's it's terrible and so my biggest takeaway for today was going to be and I know we're not reaching millions of listeners yet but we have to keep our thought to the good the positive and the right we have to do this for ourselves, for our local community, for our state, for our country, and for the world. We are the warriors, we are the battlers, and we have to be the ones to see this through, and we have to win the day. We can't get down, we can't let others get down, and if we see others getting down, we have to bring them up. And we will be victorious, and we just have to know that and see it, and there's a lot of other people out there that think like we do, but they're not often vocal because of the fear and intimidation that's out there. We got to keep strong. And that's one reason we're doing this podcast is so that there's one more voice as small as it is right now for good, for right, for the Constitution, for what we know to be the U.S. of A. Amen. Uh, have you ever had a conversation with somebody that thought otherwise? And we're able to straighten them out? The closest thing I have come is when I was at work on a conversation with some other people who were trying to get me to do something. And I explained to them my belief system and how I thought and how I've been doing it my entire life and my outlook and my point of view and that... I'm not being discourteous to anybody by not wearing a mask or getting a vaccine. What I'm doing is I'm showing them that I don't fear and I'm leading the way and that they don't have to fear either. And so it's not loving your neighbor to get a vaccine or to wear a mask. As a matter of fact, that's doing them harm. It is not doing them good. It is not keeping them safe. And it's our job. Well, it's not our job. It's our duty to be true to ourselves 
and to be true to the principles and the morals and the values that we have and to stand on those and to not give in to the false idea that wearing a mask or getting a vaccine is necessary for the continued existence of our country because it's the exact opposite. And if that's the way I believe and my understanding is true to how this country was founded and there is nobody that can argue with that and the government cannot come in. The government does not have the power and they're not supposed to have the power. Whatever precedent or false laws or you know, executive orders have been made up, those are not based on the Constitution. It's garbage that's accumulated over time. And that's why the best way to win an argument is with the Constitution. That's for sure. Following up on what G-Man said, when, when you had that conversation with those people, do you think they came away with any new insights or outlooks? Or was it too hard to say? They appreciate it. They, they, they said that I expressed my feelings and my beliefs and my practices very well. And they did also say they'd never looked at it that way before. They'd never heard it put in that context before. And they were very appreciative of me doing it in the way that I did it, which was, you know, just, uh, I don't really want to say matter of fact, but, you know, just heartfelt. And, you know, I didn't get all emotional or I wasn't, you know, preaching or anything like that. Yeah. It was just about how I did it, um, you know. Unfortunately, they said the attorneys um, had decreed that, you know, they weren't going to allow my uh, exemption or my uh, exception to the rule because obviously it's, they think it's going to open them up to more liability or whatever. But, um, you know, that that was at a time when that could have still been possible. So, yeah, I think it did make a difference. I think they're going to remember it for the rest of their lives. It didn't move the needle for me in that situation in that regard but it uh, I certainly felt like I had done everything I could do at the time you know short of starting a lawsuit which I just did not feel that was going to be beneficial to anybody but yeah I think it did make a difference so I think when you can have those intelligent conversations with somebody and you're not screaming, you're not yelling, and you, you, you know, you have to decide on what their demeanor is when you're doing it. So it, every case is going to be individual. Man, what a powerful statement and sentiment. It seems to me, I mean, in marketing and advertising in general, you have to impress something on somebody several times and maybe from several sources before that person will even start thinking a different way. So it does take a repetition, not of just us hammering something into someone and making them look at something in a different way, but it, it takes a variety of voices from all over the place. And especially when it's common sense based, I would assume it's easier to get to people other than when you're going from a basis of fear mongering and just emotionally blackmailing people basically into doing what you want to do as opposed to coming to them from a place of common sense and the right way to do something. You know, it's funny that they tell you that you have to do that or they could get sued because people would know you weren't vaccinated. Why can't you say, if you make me do this, which is totally unconstitutional, I'll sue you. But I mean, you know, not really, but 
but challenge him with it and say, I, I can do what you want, think these other people are going to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm sick and tired of people being self-righteous toward other people and things like that, which they have no right to do. Right. And, and I would just say, if you, you know, if you mess with me, I'll mess with you. Right. That's all there is to it because it is, it is unconstitutional. Yeah. I mean, fortunately for me, I had an, an option and it was not about the vaccine. It was about a mask. So it was maybe a little bit more of a gray area, but, and like I said, that was not my sole reason. It was definitely a piece of the puzzle that uh, made me see where things were going and what their thinking was. And, uh, you know, if that is going to be the overwhelming aim of that organization, then I'm going to go out and create my own organization that can do good for everybody. So that's what I'm in the process of doing. Excellent. Hey, do you have any insight? We have to mine you for all your worth because we're going to be missing you for five more weeks. So. If this runs long, we'll just make two uh, shows out of it. But do you have any insight on the whole Southwest pilot thing? No. Um, all I insight is I flew on a couple of Southwest flights in the last few weeks. And I just told all the guys as I was getting off, keep up the good fight. Good job. And they said, thanks. We will. I think we talked about that a little bit. I think their union, you know, the head of their union was on the radio with uh, Glenn Beck, actually, I think. They always have to be careful, you know, because what they're going to say and the liability and all that. And you, you can never definitively say, because if a pilot calls in sick, they can't really question the fact whether he's sick or not. Uh, because if they do, then that, you know, breaks a HIPAA law. And once you start questioning whether a crew member is sick, whether it's a flight attendant or a pilot or, you know, those people then, because you don't, you don't not want people to call in sick when they're sick and for obvious reasons. My semi-educated guess would be that they were trying to get a point across and the point I think was received. So I, I don't, I haven't even seen anything lately where they're at with it. No, neither have I. This is something that I wanted to have both of you guys on to get two perspectives, because I don't know, I guess I sort of have one, but I was thinking, and this is sort of, you know, like when you go camping and they say, leave your campground better than you found it. In other words, don't just make it a pigsty. So I was trying to relate that to, I guess, society in general and maybe energy specifically. And I was thinking in the, I don't know, early 1800s when our country was being settled and people were just cutting down trees left and right and clear cutting and, you know, taming the Wild West. And if they had the mindset that people had today that, oh, no, we don't want to do that because we, we have to leave it better for our children. Or if we cut down a tree in 300 years, there's not going to be any more trees. Just like if we drill for oil today, we're going to run out and we think our grandkids are going to be too stupid to do something about it and we're just going to ruin the whole world. The idea that we have to quit using all oil and all everything because we don't think enough of our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that they're going to be too stupid to know that the world has changed and they've got to do something differently. If those pioneers back then hadn't done what they did, maybe we would still be living in teepees and wigwams. Everything that they talk about with um, 
uh, we, we have basically corrected as much as human possi- humanly possible. You know, we, we have more trees today than we've ever had in the United States in history because we plant. We, we, we uh, cut them down and we plant them right after we cut them down. And then they grow up again. We have all sorts of uh, stop gaps for, you know, the oil, you know, that, which was also a lie that, you know, we wouldn't have any oil. Yeah. We have more oil than the Middle East does. So I, I think we've been doing pretty well. We've cleaned up the air as much as we need to have it cleaned up. Uh, we need to talk to our neighbors about making sure theirs is clean. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think we're on the right path. Well, I personally believe, just like my father did, that at the end of the day, mankind is good. In any system or society, as it grows and gets bigger, you're going to get a few bad eggs, right? You're going to get a few people that exploit things. You're going to get a few people that try and take advantage of people. But overall, the overarching theme and the overall person is good. And sometimes today, because of the news, and you know, I I read an article that talked about even almost 100 years ago now, as the telephone and the telegraph started to encompass the world, you know, people here, they they never heard about a murder over in Paris or somebody falling off a mountain over in the Alps. We didn't hear about any of that stuff. You know, so... The world, the way it's become connected, it's put all this worry and stress and concern, and we think it's falling apart. No, it's always been doing that. We just hear about it all, and we never knew about it before. You know, somebody could probably pull up some statistics and try and say I'm wrong, but go ahead and try, because the reality is you're not going to get statistics from before 1900. It's just like the crazy weather people you know, that are all worried about global warming. How, how good do you think the weather statistics are before, pick a number, I don't know what it is, 1850, 1800? So for the first 6,000 years on this planet, do we have any graphs that show us anything? No, we don't. We don't even know. But it's a known fact when a volcano goes off and circles the world, that gives off an infinite more amount of pollution than we could probably ever make in our entire lifetimes, a generation. And has anybody ever thought of the idea that maybe we were given a certain amount of oil for it to be here for us to use as we're developing other technologies that will, at some point in time, free us from oil? Because I can pretty much guarantee when you go into outer space and you start traveling to other planets, you're probably not going to use a gasoline-powered engine. So as we perfect these other power systems that are going to go other places, we'll eventually be able to use those here on Earth. And it'll be some type of renewable energy. I can bet you dollars to donuts that there's going to be oil left in the ground before it's all said and done. I've never asked anybody this question, but what good is oil in the ground doing? Does anybody know the answer to that? Does it help? Does it, is it better for our planet that there's oil and gas in the ground? Does that make our planet better somehow? It does, because that's our storage before we suck it out of the ground and put it in our cars. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an oil tank, you know what I mean? We yep. just pump it out and use it. It's great. It's, it's just the, the mindset and the mentality. 
and it goes to everything you guys said, but just like, oh, we, we can't let anything bad happen to Johnny because he's too stupid to figure it out for himself. So we're going to shelter him his whole life. We're going to load him up with vaccines. We're not going to let him hear any bad words or go anywhere bad and live in a bubble because someday he's going to get out in the real world and it's going to pop. And because we haven't prepared him, whether it's one person or if it's a whole society who thinks that the world's going to end in 12 years because of AOC, it's just a recipe for disaster. The, relating to that, what you just said about sheltering kids, a friend of mine was a teacher for our old alma mater, and he was teaching a Montessori kid is mm. in his class for his first year after being in Montessori for five years. This was middle school. And they were having a test. And he said, okay, let's get ready. And the kid raised his hand and said, I'm not taking the test today. And he, go, and he goes, excuse me? He goes, he goes I'm not taking it today because I don't feel like I'm prepared. And he said, well, I told you at the beginning of the week we were having a test and you got to take it. No, I don't feel as though I should be able to have to do that right now. And he said, he said okay, all right, that's fine. You don't have to. And he left. And he gave the kid an F. His parent called that night. I said, what are you doing? My, my kid said he wasn't prepared mentally for this test. He said, I told him at the beginning of the week, we're having a test on Friday, and, and everyone's taking it. He gets an F. That's the real world. And it how is. did he do the rest of the semester? Was he ready? <clears throat> he was ready for every test after that. Imagine that. And he lived to tell the tale. I don't know if he did or not, <laughs> but... Uh, but but he was ready for every test after that, and he did keep the F on there. And, and Can you imagine a parent coming in and saying that to somebody in public schools? That would be like, like if you had your kid in a uh, Christian school coming into a public school and saying, why aren't you teaching God in school here? Are you out of your mind? Oh, some people are, sadly. They are. Some people are. I... <laughs> This is totally unrelated, just a, a little levity. I was watching an old Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. And a lady, I don't know if, if you guys watch it, but someone had seatbelts on for dogs, basically, a, a seat <laughs> restraint. And and someone, I don't know if it was Mr. Wonderful or someone said, well, you know, seatbelts are for kids. And, and the entrepreneur said, well, what's the difference between your kids and your dog? Ooh. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was. Oh, yeah, exactly. That goes back to the report cards at, at the doggy uh, daycare. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. You got an A, straight A's today. You never heard that's that, great. did you, Cece? No. Oh, my God. Him, oh, my him. God. My buddy's going to kill me, but I got to say this. <laughs> he takes his dog to this daycare place, and they grade him. They give him report cards. And at the end, oh, he, and then they have little comments. Oh, your dog played well at the pool today. You know, he played well with the other dogs. It's like, I thought for a second I was being punk. I thought you're joking, right? No, no. He got straight A's. And he was, he was happy and serious about it, right? I went and I just beat my head against that drywall as hard as I could, and it didn't help. Have you ever had a pet, g Have you ever had a pet? I, if you call fish a pet, <laughs> the kind you can flush when they're dead. Yeah. 
No, I've never owned a dog or a cat. On the other hand, you... And probably never will. But I am, whenever I'm in somebody's house and they've got a dog, I'm right there petting them and the dog loves me and, and everything like that. But I think as, as uh, you know, as Mo was saying, people take it too far with their pets sometimes. And grading your, your dogs and cats when they're there for the day is taking it too far. Well, but how else are you going to know how to improve them when they're at home? <laughs> I know. Your dog goes to Montessori, right? Uh, you got anything else, uh, G-Man, knowing that CC will be out again for a while? Did, did I ever tell you guys about the um, the honey-baked ham girl when I called about that order I needed to have delivered? <laughs> no. This is... Is this true? <laughs> this is true. Okay. This is the this is the God's honest truth. I I called Honey Baked Ham for my daughter because she was having an uh, a, an event thing at her work, and I said, "Hey, I'll call this lady and see if they deliver to your work." And she works down by the state capitol. So I called the Honey Baked Ham girl and I said, "Hey." Um, do you deliver down to the Capitol? And there was like 10 seconds silence. And she goes, isn't the Capitol in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> Hand on the Bible. That's what she said. I, I said, no, I want it delivered to the state Capitol. Which, which you live like miles yeah, 20 miles, 20 no, minutes away, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 20 minutes away, not in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and if I did want it delivered there, I'd probably call the Honey Baked Ham in Washington, D.C. That's a true Maybe story. Maybe she just moved from out of state and it was her first day on the job. Oh, you sound like my wife. There's <laughs> <laughs> always an excuse for everybody. Oh, I, yeah, I'm a big... I'm sure she wasn't an I'm idiot. a big benefit of the doubter, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I told her? I said, you have to be a product of the public schools in this area. <laughs> and she said... And I hung up. And <laughs> I hung up before she could say anything else. Oh, that's golden. I can't top that, but this happened just yesterday, and I got permission to <laughs> recount it. I was going to have make some spaghetti noodles, and we have like a container, and you can pour out like one or two servings. It's got like a little hole cut in the top. And one of them is for one serving and one's for two. Nice. <laughs> and so I I looked inside it and there was, you know, one serving is probably, I don't know, 50 or 75 noodles or whatever it is. And there was like 20 in there. And I said, oh, my gosh, there's not enough here for a serving. And my wife, without missing a beat, says, well, just break them in half. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, kind of reminds me of the loaves and the fishes, you know, just multiplying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Might have wow. worked. So did you try it or what What happened? Well, we always have to break them in half because they won't fit in the thing. But no, I, I opened another container and, and made myself what I needed. So. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about ham and breaking them in half, no, man, I'll have to save this story for another time. <laughs> oh come on well come on well, no it has to be gone for it, five it, weeks it, taught, we'll it, it, it teaches it a lesson so i gotta figure out which one of these lessons that uh we we can apply it to 
All right. Hey, G-Man, I know we're not getting paid to do so, but you have a recommendation of a new book, I think. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, young uh, lady that has written a book that wanted me to uh, spread the word on our podcast. It's called Unbothered, What I Learned the Hard Way About College Job Hunting and How to Make Your 20s Suck a Little Less. And it's on Amazon.com. And I, I've, I'm almost done with the book, and it's, it's quite entertaining. I think all of you millennials would love to read it and could all learn some things from it. And I can vouch 100% for that for reasons that I can't divulge. But seriously, for anyone out there listening who is or knows of a mostly girl, I would say, wouldn't you say, mostly of yes. a, a female audience from probably age 16 to 25, who isn't like the coolest cat in the class and is just a normal person, there's tons of valuable lessons and insights and just coming from a place of common sense that it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable book. Absolutely. Is there any little teasers or one golden nugget that you can divulge or is it all? You don't want to give any of it away. Uh, I don't, uh, there's a lot of golden nuggets in it. That's for sure. Uh, I don't, um, I don't know. I was trying to look for, well, I actually, I can't because then that would, that would give everything away here. So (laughs) I almost did the the unimaginable. (laughs) So it's something I shouldn't. So, um, close call at the end of a lot of chapters, there's like key bullet takeaways, that are very succinct and, again, common sense based. But just the writing is really good. The stories, you know, it's just like being in the trenches with a a millennial who will not just bow down and kowtow to the powers that be. So it's, it's a story of fortitude and keeping at it and succeeding. Excellent. Well... We'll have, to, have we had any email requests yet for uh, how to get no, more information? Because no. we could put it in the email to people so that they have the exact link they could go and. Uh, yeah, I'll put it from. in our uh, on our on our podcast uh, site, our page. I'll put a link to that along with our email address. And we were trying to remember last week, G Man and I, CC. Did you? offer a cash payment to the first person who emailed us we couldn't quite remember uh i think it was going to be uh something uh over like the next six months or something wasn't it that the best question or the best topic that came up we were going to yeah, give i think you were a, just going to give them a, a shout out i think it was, oh, all it was a shout out. I'll tell you on April 15th after I'm done with my taxes if I can give a cash reward. Got it. Well, I thought it would be after April 1st. <laughs> on April 1st, maybe. On April 1st. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's let's close like this. Since you'll be gone for a while, when you come back, what will have happened to this 1.5 or 3.5 or $7 trillion fiasco spending bill? <sighs> What's your prediction? I would hope and pray that it would get below 1.5. I don't think that they're going to be able to stop it. And so 
I just hope the American public wakes up to see what's really in it. And, but I, my prediction is that something will get passed and I'm hoping that it's smaller than what it is right now. Yes. I, I, I agree that, uh, it's, it's going to get passed and it will be much less than what it was. And we are almost at the midterms and they can also dismantle some of it, hopefully by that time too. So they won't be spending quite as much, but I do believe that they'll about have it at least. Yeah. Yeah. That Virgi- How about the Virginia governor race? We can make a prediction there. I haven't really. Well, yes, my prediction is he he's already won, but it it just depends on whether they steal it from him, like they did the presidential election. Him, the Republican, obviously. Yes, the Republican, obviously. Yes. I mean, all yes. the the beauty is, it's sort of like, well, not really. I was going to say it's like Joe Biden in reverse because Biden didn't do anything, and but in this case, all the Republican has to do is let Terry McAuliffe keep spewing his insane platitudes and speaking from his heart, which is saying that parents have no, should have no say in what their kids learn in school. I mean, what a total lunatic. Any uh, final words of wisdom before we depart and sign off for the week? Yeah, I do have one. Can I, can I go first here with this, uh, Cece? Uh, we were just talking about that, that bill that they're trying to pass. And I don't know if the hunting season is coming up for deer hunting in my state. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the chronic wasting disease that these deer have and stuff. But I think it was uh, misplaced because the chronic wasting disease is actually government spending. Ooh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Elvis has left the building. My parting words are what I mentioned earlier. Keep the faith, stay strong, be loving and kind, but be strong and principled. Yeah, we have to remember Jesus was not a wimp. Thank you all for listening. Our audience seems to have leveled off at below triple digits, but we're hoping that that will change for the better and keep spreading the word, keep sending us or start sending us emails and listen for us again next week on the right angle. That was easy.